So you can track right along with us. So let's go get into this. We're in our second week of this series, and we're doing a series simply on prayer. Because see, folks, prayer is a vital part of our relationship with God. It just is. And we know this, communication, talking to somebody. If you're going to have a relationship with them, if you haven't talked to them in a long time, you can't say that you have an active relationship with them. It takes some sort of a communication. Thankfully, we've got lots of forms. We've got the little texting form. We've got the little email form. We've got all sorts of forms. I had to remind my son to use that feature on his phone that he forgets is there, that it makes voice calls. Who'd have believed? Out of all this different stuff that it does, Keenan, is, this is his first Sunday not here with us. And um, I, I told him, uh, talk to your mother. He said, I have talked to my mother. I've been texting her. No, son. It's not the same thing. She wants to hear your voice. Do that little thing where you dial those digits and talk to your mom. And so communication is vital. I guess he's a good son. He talked to his mom, made her day. And, um, and so, but it is vital. And Jesus taught us the basics of having a life-giving conversation with our Heavenly Father. And the, the truth is, is this can honestly be an intimidating part, especially if you're new to this whole relationship with God thing. And maybe you're here just, uh, maybe you're here as a spectator. Maybe you're here as somebody that's even kind of on the fence about this whole God thing. And that's okay. We're cool with you being here and, and just being a part where we pray for, for people in that, pl- at that place to come and connect and grow from that point forward. But so many times it's like, man, I, how, do I, how do I even pray? I don't want to do it wrong. You know, I'm talking to this, to, to God. And I don't want to say something wrong. I don't want to handle myself wrong. As if that all of a sudden we reveal ourselves as soon as we acknowledge him. And the rest of the time we're kind of off his radar. <laughs> he's, he's there with us all the time. But so many times we can, it's intimidating to go, how do I even do this? And the beautiful thing is, is Jesus taught us. Because we don't. We don't want to go into to God's realm, into God's culture and like mess up. And uh, we have uh, multiple times gone to uh, uh, the Navajo Nation, which if you've not gone to uh, an Indian reservation, it is a different culture. It's a nation within a nation. And we, uh, as people who don't live on the res, um, especially old school, have an idea, that old stereotypical idea of what a Native American is. And nobody wants to be offensive nobody wants to do any of these different things well we go and we we uh when we go we administer to kids and one of our favorite games to play with them is this game called stampers and you simply have a piece of paper and you have all these these people with uh um with little markers and we have our youth running around and then they're going to different posts and they're trying to get circles at the post and then our other people tag them and take a circle away so obviously you want to end up with more circles undrawn through than, than taken away. So it's just, it looks like chaos. It just looks like just this molecular, everything's just bouncing off of each other, just this insanity. And uh, early in the game, when I'm not wore out, well, then I'll get my marker and I'll just chase the kids. And I, <laughs> in worship, I'm not a singer. I'm not these different things. But I get excited and I get expressive. And I will like hoot. And so I make this, this yelling n- noise. And then 
in, in trying, as I was chasing these kids and kind of trying to get into the, you know, just that whole intimidating thing. I'm coming after them. I'm, you know, some people would yell on the football field. Well, I find myself out on the Indian reservation chasing these children, these little Native American children, and I'm doing my hooting thing. But it sounds like I am mocking them because I'm doing this. As I'm chasing these kids around. And as I'm doing that, it sounds like I'm like doing this like Indian cry. Like somebody coming here and looking at my kid and thinking he's a West Texas redneck saying, come here, cooter. And I catch myself in the middle of just running. And all their adults are standing up against the wall. And if you don't know the Navajos, they are stoic people. You can't read them. And it looks like they're angry at me. That I'm chasing their children around. And, uh, man, I just felt... But I just had to just get out of the game. I just felt terrible. And then Lauren's there, and she's busting up. Do you really just do that? I did. But that's just my noise. But nobody knows that. Nobody knows that I just do that noise. And, uh, and so when I was like, thankfully it didn't hurt anybody's feelings and nobody felt like I was mocking them or anything and it didn't, they didn't escort us off the reservation. And, uh, and so it, it was, we was able to get ministry done. But I had that moment of, did I just offend these people i did i did i just do that and so many times when we can we can pull back just like i closed my marker and i just got out of that game that if we get into this place of we're like i don't know what to do when i approach god i don't then we'll do that and we'll pull ourselves back and we won't press in and we won't pray and we won't talk to him because guess what you know what's more offensive as if he's being offended, in which he's not, but just ignoring him. Just acting like he's not there. And how much more so for us as kids to just ignore him. We don't have to be worried about offending God. Just talk to him. Just open your heart up. Just open your heart up. One of my f- favorite stories, and this, was, this story was relayed to me, so I did not, I did not see this on TV. So... We're just going to take it because the story's a good illustration. And if it didn't happen, it's still funny. And, um, and so, but there was, the story was told to me that one of the, the big uh, television, um, big t- uh, Christian television networks was having a huge outreach to like Sturgis, some big biker place. And they were doing a live broadcast from this biker festival and so you have the people who are deep embedded in their whole world as christian and just like anything else you get too isolated and you can start to get different than everybody else we'll just say it that way and um and um and so you have these people who are very very different looking than the biker people that they're reaching out to have a totally different language everything else super christianese so they're there, but they're wanting to invade the culture and be a part of it and, and invite them in. And they find that there's this, this <clears throat> lady was, had come up, and she was a, she was a biker. She, I mean, she's just everything you think a biker is. And she had just gotten saved. And so she gives her testimony. And the, the, the sweet little lady with the microphone is like, that is so awesome. I just love seeing the, the works of the enemy destroyed. 
well, why don't you, we just want you to pray. I want you just, well, we just love seeing the works of the enemy destroyed. Why don't you just curse the devil? So the lady's like, all right. And uh, if you're not, if you don't understand, if you're new to Christianity, there's blessings, which things, hey, things will be good, prosper, things will go. And like Jesus cursed the fig tree, you're going to die and wither. Things aren't going to work out the way that you want them to work out. That's that kind of cursing. Well, this is a new person. They don't understand that. So she grabs the mic, says, you devil, you sorry. You just effing this, you just sorry. You just shove it, you just... And just rips, just rips the devil on live TV. And I guarantee you, I, I would have loved to have been uh, one of those sweet little supporters' couches. As this comes pouring in. Because they block all of the channels that have that language on there. Oh, man. But you know what? It's, it's, even though that lady needed some coaching, and you probably don't need to... You know, flip off the devil and and, and give him all the F-bombs and all that. Um, You know, that was where she was at. And and what I love is I was told the reaction by the lady that got the mic back sits there and with a shocked look on her face just looks at the camera and goes, Well, it's true. (laughs) The devil is a sorry SOB. (laughs) And so, it's the truth. And so, uh, anyways, but we can get so hung up that we just lock down and we don't do anything. And God wants us to pray. He wants us to pray. And Jesus taught us that. He taught us to pray. Luke 11, 1 through 4. Let's read this. On one day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Just as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father. And we talked a lot about that last week. If you missed that message, you can get it online. But say, Father. Address him as Daddy, as Papa. That we're coming in based on not hoping to get a relationship. Not hoping to, to do it. But we already have a relationship. Say, Father. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. And so many times we can take this and turn this into our prayer verbatim. And you know what? I I don't have a problem with somebody doing that. But I don't think Jesus was teaching us that. In fact, I'm convinced of it because Matthew teaches the same prayer. But there are other words in there. So you're like, well, Brandon, this isn't the prayer I've always prayed. What happened to thy kingdom come, thy will be done? Where did all that go? This is Luke's version. He has an abbreviated version. But the, the whole, the, the points, the model, the here is this, here's this way for you to connect with God. It's the same model. And so that's why I think the, that, that the Holy Spirit gave Matthew the liberty to do that. And Luke the, is because it doesn't have to be verbatim. And we showed this last week, and I want to show it again. And again, my only beep, I wish they'd have said something like Papa or something at it. But I want to roll this video that shows and kind of demonstrates for you how the Lord's Prayer being an example of kind of teaching us and giving us a place to start in our prayer life. God, you are greater than anything this world has to offer. And I can't wait for you to come back and get us. But until that time comes, would you help me just to just to live my life day after day as if I'm just walking hand in hand with you 
God, I, I have a lot of needs. And I have a lot of wants. And sometimes I get those things confused. Help me to just trust you to meet my needs. And be thankful when you give me those other things that I just want. God, I have blown it so many times today. And I'm sorry. Thank you for your forgiveness. I don't take it for granted. And God, as I start this day out, I'm just reminded that this world is filled with so many spiritual potholes. Please help me to walk in such a way where I won't stumble so much. And as I'm going through this day, God, help me to live my life in such a way that would bring you glory and honor. May the life that I live be a life of worship to you. Amen. See, God just wants us to connect with him. And I love it that I think in this model, it even begins that that one of the first things and we talked about it last week is that God wants us to call him daddy, wants us to call him papa, wants us to address him as father. And then this week, I want to look at what comes next, because when we really analyze it from our strictly kind of religious perspective, we're going to be mildly surprised that this is what he wants us to talk about next. Because God wants us to talk to him about his kingdom. God wants us to talk to him about that. This is straight out of the bat. We haven't even got it addresses needs. It addresses forgiveness and sin issues and our struggles. It addresses all of that. But, but right from the beginning, right from the beginning to begin to talk to Papa God about his kingdom. So many times we think, well, I can't really talk because I, I don't know anything. I, you're, you're the expert. How dare I, I bring up what's happening in, in your world? No, he wants us to talk to him about it right off the bat. Luke 11, 20, <coughs> 11, 2. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Now, kingdom isn't a word that we use all the time. We understand a nation. We understand those different things. But a kingdom, let's just go ahead and define it. A kingdom is where a king rules. It's where he has the authority, where his way goes. It's a place where things are done the way the king wants them done. It is where people make decisions based on what the king says is is the order of the day. That's where. That is a place where the king provides the protection. It's a place where the king is there on his throne ruling. And this is with God who loves us there. That is what we want. And so we can, that is what we're to be prayed about. It's God, your way. I want to see your way done. I want to be a part of where you rule and you're in charge and things operate according to your plan. That's why we at Celebration Church talk about all the time knowing God better and trusting him more. It is understanding his kingdom, understanding his ways better and trusting that they're right. Trusting that even though we may rub up against it sometimes and it grate against us, that when it's all said and done, his way is so much better than ours. It really is the most life-giving thing. Another thing is, is I like to let Scripture interpret Scripture. And let's look at Romans 14, 17. It says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking. So not a matter of of temporal just stuff, just everyday stuff. But... Of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's what the kingdom is. That's what the kingdom is about. That is the stuff of the kingdom. 
Well, this righteousness word, that's again another word you all pretty much only hear in a setting like this. And it can be one of those scary words that somebody takes and oppresses and says, you better be righteous and you, you know, you're unrighteous and all this kind of stuff. But all righteousness is, is what God says is right. That's all it is. It's everything lined up with, with his. If it's not, if it doesn't line up with the way he designed things to function and to, to be life-giving, then it's unrighteous. It's not right. It's out of order. It's, it's, <clears throat> it's stepped into the area of chaos. And we understand peace. Man, I tell you what, the whole world is looking for peace. The whole world is desiring this place of peace. And will even struggle so they, uh, for the hopes of entering in to some place of peace. And there's, without a doubt, we understand the whole world is looking for some joy. The whole world is. I mean, that, isn't that what this whole place normally tries to provide all week long? This movie theater? Just some entertainment, some respite, a little bit of break from the humdrum everyday life and let me have a little bit of escapism and enjoy some other story than my own story. Let me do something else and I'll come and I'll pay my money and, and I'll escape for a little bit. This place, that, that's what the kingdom about. When we're praying and we're seeking right off the bat, he wants us to pray. And we'll pray about the kingdom. He wants us to pray, God, what you say is right. I want that to rule in my life and in every place I have influence or make a decision. God, I want peace. I want your kingdom to come. I want peace in me. And I want to be at peace with those around me. And I want to be an agent of peace. And God, your kingdom come. Your kingdom. Righteousness, peace, and joy. Joy. I tell you what, we, we are seeing epidemics of depression and people having to medicate just to be able to get through the day and all this stuff. And that is so contrary to what the kingdom of God has for us. It's to, for us to have joy in the Holy Spirit, recognizing that He loves us, that He cares for us, that the stuff we think and we get so anxious about that's going to unravel everything we care about that God really has it taken care of. That we don't have to freak out about those things. It's not going to unravel everything. Our world isn't going to come crashing around our feet. No matter how big the waves and how big the storm hits. That we can have joy in the Holy Spirit. We see the picture of Jesus on the boat. Everybody's freaking out. To the point that his disciples say, Lord, do you not care if we die? Because Jesus is in the, the front part. Of the boat in a horrible storm that these fishermen who see storms on the water all the time think is going to kill them. And Jesus is chilling. He's asleep. He knows that all's cool. He's at peace. Not in discord at all. Speaks to the storm. Everything's cool. He's like, why were you freaking out? Why were you doing that? This is us. When we talk, when we come and talk to our daddy, say, daddy... I want what you want for me. I want the righteousness and peace and the joy and the Holy Ghost. Also, 1 Corinthians 4.20 says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk. It's not a matter of just chatter and just talk. And honestly, you know, as a guy, that that's part of what I do is I talk. I don't want it to be, I don't want Celebration Church to be a matter of talk. We want it to be a matter of this next part, but a matter of power, of power. 
And that's my favorite thing as I look around and I see the lives of so many of you as you un- reveal your stories and are honest about what God is doing in your life. And I see the power of God at work transforming lives. And I'm telling you what, that is what it's about. Here at Celebration Church, I don't want you to just get a little pep talk or get a little something to get you through the day. We want you to encounter God and get the power to live the life that God has called us to live. That's the kingdom of God. God, I need some power. You know what? If we're going to embrace the next things on the list, the needs for the day, usually we have some sort of role to play in the needs for the day. He's, he, Adam and Eve were, were <clears throat> very first thing they were told is, okay, you know, you're going to go out and you're, you're going to work. We're going to need some help straight off for the needs of the day. God almost always connects with us on some level, whether we're just in prayer and trust, work, whatever. As we step out and we begin to forgive others, we're going to need some power. As we're going to walk free from our struggles and our temptation, we're going to need some power. We begin before we talk about any of those other things to say, God, I want your kingdom. I want your power at work in my life. Daddy, I want your power. That's what this talking about the kingdom of God is in our lives. And he wants us to ask him for it and do it. See, Matthew 6, that's why is when we begin to understand this. That's why we begin to see how all this other settles. This sounds like, if you read Matthew 6, 33, it sounds like, it sounds like by itself that God's trying to say, you do what I say first and then I'll give you the stuff you want. But if you don't understand how this functions, then that's, that's the way you're going to see it. But let's look at this when we understand what the kingdom means. And now let's read this. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Seek what he says is right. Seek his power, his joy, and his peace. Seek that. And then what? All these other things will be given to you. If you read it the other way, it's like, well, God just is he's withholding all these other things and I got to play his little game and I got to seek his kingdom first and I'm God, I'm doing it your way. And so now he's got, all right, you're playing my game here. You can have some provision and some some all these other things that people run after. No, that's where it exists. Our provision is when we act as kids of the kingdom. Our provision and our healing and our guidance and all of those different things are there as we embrace that we are child's children of the king. It is, changes everything. He wants us to talk to him about that. And you know what? I had to, I had to learn to pray this way. And that's why Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Because you may be like me. And that when I found myself in prayer, I rarely was talking to God about his kingdom. I was talking to him about my kingdom. I was talking to him about my stuff and what I wanted. And the stuff, things the way I wanted them to go, the way Brandon wanted them to go. And I had to learn to begin to pray this way. And you know what? Don't beat yourself up and go, you know what? I have, if you've never prayed this way, don't beat yourself up. Jesus' disciples had to be taught. Jesus put this in Scripture so we could be taught. Let's just learn it. Just go, okay, all right. No shame, no guilt. Let's just do it. See, prayer is not about pulling God to my will, but about aligning my will to the will of God. See, you take a guy, and he's on a boat, and he's out adrift. He's he's adrift. His little engine died. He doesn't have his little paddle. 
and he takes his uh, rope and he's got his anchor and he whoosh and he throws that to shore. And he doesn't do that to pull the shore to him. He pulls that to pull him to the shore. Where there's the stability, where there's the safety, where all of those things are. So many times we want to say, nope, I want to stay right here. I just want, to, I just want you to make it the way I want it. No, that's why prayer is about us aligning and bringing ourselves connected with God in his will and his way. Now we're going to look at Matthew's version of this because Matthew expounds on this. Okay, <clears throat> Matthew 6, 9 through 10 says, this then is how you should pray. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's what this is about. You want to understand God's will? Look at how Jesus taught through Matthew. You understand God's will? Understand heaven, and that's God's will. So as we begin to pray, and I tell you, there are some people that they'll have, they'll take, they'll have issues with this, but we're just taking scripture for that. We understand that we go say, well, God, you know, I don't know about praying for healing because I don't know if it's God's will for me to be sick or not. And I don't want to counteract his will. You know what? I applaud you for not wanting to counteract his will. That's noble. That's awesome. But we can know God's will. We can know God's will. Because we understand that we begin to look that there's not any, there's no, not going to be any sickness or disease or frailty or any of those different things of the human condition there in heaven. So we can go, okay, your will on earth as it is in heaven. We can begin to pray those things. We're going to be able to live together, all of us, for all of eternity and enjoy it. That's God's will. That's heaven. Not be at strife, not war against one another. She's like, well, I don't know if it's God's will for me to be able to get along with this person. Yes, it is. He wants you and them with him in heaven and things will be cool. That's his will. So you can pray, God, make a way for this relationship that is just. It's his will for there to be peace there. You don't have to wonder about it. Begin to pursue that and see that. We go after it that way. Mark 14, 32 says they went to a place called Gethsemane. And we used this scripture last week because this is a reflection. Jesus is teaching his disciples how to pray and he prayed the same way. Okay, that's why I want to come back to this again. They went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. And he took Peter and James and John along with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. And he says, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. If you are here today, and your soul, your mind, your will, and emotions is, oh, are overwhelmed, you feel like, I'm underwater here. To the point that I'm, I, it's about to be over for me. Jesus understands that kind of desperation. And here is how he began to see things shift. I want you to hear this. And he said to them, stay here and keep watching. Going a little further, he fell to the ground and he prayed that if it possible, the hour might pass from him. And he prayed this way, Abba, Papa, Daddy father he said everything is possible for you take this cup from me yet not what i will but what you will 
things shift as we stay in that place of what God wants for us. Stay in that place of what God wants for us. So many times our place of tension is because we're not really letting, letting God's promise and his love and all of those things fully root in our hearts. As we begin to say, God, not the way I want it, but the way you want it, things will begin to really shift. Things will really begin to make a change. See, God also, I want us to see this. God also, he wants you to be involved in his work. That's his kingdom. He's expanding his kingdom. He'll be involved in his work to restore humanity even before you talk to him about your shortcomings. I want you to get this. Because otherwise, in this area, you will sit on the fence and go, well, I can't really talk about God because I'm just, my life is too much of a wreck. And I don't have all of this other stuff lined up. And I, I'll, I, you, you'll sit on the fence. Before we ever talk about, about needs, before we ever talk about forgiveness in our relationships with other people, before we ever talk about temptation and our struggles, God wants us involved with his kingdom. You know why? Because we're going to be growing in those areas all the time. And if we have to wait till, till all that's done, nobody's ready to work in the kingdom. Nobody. The best person you know is not ready if they, all that other has to be in. So we just jump in. And you may be like me. You may be like me whenever I was, had my pivotal moment with God summer before my senior year in high school. And I was there at camp and God was working on my heart. And I, I was just... I just knew that I was not ready to do things completely his way. I just knew I wasn't. And I was like, God, I don't want to make you look bad. Like, I'm that powerful. Like, all of a sudden, this great, generous God, and then there's, here's Brandon, and God's just lost all cred. How prideful is that concept? Man, it's so, it just is prideful. But I didn't. And I felt sincere about it. And I was like, God, I don't want to be one of these who runs up here to camp and has this camp experience and cries my eyes. God, I'm going to live for you. And I said it. I said, God, in two weeks, I'll be doing, I'll be doing the exact same thing I've, I've been done. I'll be living the exact same way. You know what? I didn't understand until later. Is God was not want, asking me to completely revolutionize the way I lived. He was asking me, to have entrance into my life and to trust him and that he would do it. And I didn't get it at that time because I guarantee you, if you'd have looked at me two weeks, three weeks, six months later, you'd have said that camp experience was worthless. Look at this moron. He had this little crime moment. Like, what a hypocrite. I'm telling you to this day, my life has changed forever. And the outside took a little while to catch up for the magnitude of what God did on the inside. And it's still catching up. It's so much bigger than anybody understands. And I understand. His, the stepping over from death to life is huge, people. But so many times we, we, we don't understand this. We don't want to be the, don't want to be the hypocrite because we hate hypocrisy. We hate it. We don't like it. Some of y'all are here and, and ignore church because you don't like hypocrisy. But you know what? We, we understand we're still in process. It's okay. Don't you think, would you be offended if somebody who was hungry, I mean, you could hear their stomach rolling, suggested a restaurant for you to go to. No? You wouldn't? 
Would you be offended if somebody that was battling an illness said, you know what, here's a good doctor? No? Would you ask somebody that's just all shaggy looking and needs a haircut, say, you know what, so-and-so, they, they give good haircuts? No? What we have a problem with is like, you know what, that same person going, you know what, you need to go to this restaurant because you can just be as full as me. Yeah. I hear your stomach. If you're the example, I don't want that. Uh, you know, okay, you need to go to this doctor because you can be as healthy as me. And you see all their sickness and all those different things. You go, if you're the example of all this completed out, I don't want that. If that's the haircut, I'm not going there. And that's what we rebel against is when somebody goes, you know what? You can be just as awesome a Christian as me. Be righteous and holy. That's the stink we reject. That's hypocrisy. And you go, you know what? If that is what that God does, I don't want that. But you know what? When we're honest about the fact that we're in process, when we're honest and we're just saying, you know what? God took me the way I am and he loves me. Then you know what? You can tell people that and you don't have to think twice about it. God's asked you to be a part of his kingdom and you can invite people to church and your small group and tell them, you know what? I'll pray for you. And they're like, well, I need to pray for you. Yes, you do. Please. Thank you. I'll take it. But I'll pray for you, too. Otherwise, we'll we'll pull back. We get saved, and he puts us to work immediately. We get to be a part of the kingdom. Golly, this is awesome. He loves us so much. See, John 15, 15 says, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends. For everything I've learned from my father, I have made known to you. He's called us friends. He's invited us to be part of his kingdom. Let's get in the middle of that. Matthew 5.20 says, For I tell you, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter into the kingdom. It's not about have They had all their legalistic stuff laid out just perfect. Except their hearts were so full of themselves. So you're going to have to do better than that. Saying, God, I love you. I'll embrace what you've done for me. I'll, I'll follow you. You have your way in my life. Luke 9.62, Jesus said, No one who puts hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom. Don't look back. Don't sit there and go, Man, God, I would really do this, but I did that. I talked to that person, but I did that. This is who I used to be. No. If we're going to do it, just... That's over. That's gone. Let's just move forward with God. Luke 12, but seek first his kingdom. Seek first his kingdom. And these things will be given to you as well. Do not be afraid, little flock. (laughs) For your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. He's pleased to. He loves you. He wants to. Sell your possessions, give to the poor, provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out, where you, <clears throat> a treasure in heaven that will never fail, where no thief comes near, moth destroys, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The kingdom is where the value is. People is where the value is. That's what this is about. And all relationships grow through communication. And Jesus modeled for us how to talk with God in a life-giving way. Please, please 
Just talk to him. Just be open. Maybe you'll be as raw as that biker later. I, lady, I don't care. Biker later, I don't know. Maybe you'll stumble over your words like I just did. It doesn't matter. Just open your mouth and communicate with him. That's what matters. Be honest. Be real. He loves you so much. I want to create a moment right here where you can simply say yes to that. Yes to the fact that God loves you, that he accepts you where you are. And you don't got to jump through all these hoops just to get out to the launching pad. You're on the launching pad. Just say yes to him. That Jesus is the one that he paid for your sins. He paid for the shortcomings. And you can be right with God, not based on what you are going to do, but based on what he did.